재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape TBS EFM 101.3 and it is time for another edition of On the Move with Jennifer Chang. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi, Kurt. Pretty piece of music we're hearing here. Mm, it's one of my favorites. What is it? Um, it's a Mozart concerto for clarinet and or- orchestra mm-hmm. in A, and it is actually on the soundtrack of one of my favorite movies. I think I've mentioned this before. Okay. Can you take a crack? I'm afraid I don't know. What is it? This comes from a movie called Out of Africa. Out of Africa. It's one of my favorite movies. Meryl Streep Chang. Ah, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> I actually have a picture of me in Africa like that. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, that is easy to conjecture. Uh, this is sort of a, it's a love story on the African plains, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Meryl Streep and Robert Redford, and they fall, fall in love, and they, they have all these crazy adventures in Africa. So it's this very romantic idea. And I think this song is like when they first meet, mm-hmm. um, she comes out onto the deck of the house that she's living in and he's a guest and he's sitting there and he's got a gramophone and he's listening to this uh, LP mm-hmm. and they meet. And then it, this their Mozart adventures. Concerto. Exactly. So this is the soundtrack of their budding relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And their adventures. And their adventures around Africa, their safaris and their explorations. Cool. It's a lovely piece of music. So what you're alluding to here is, um, is what? Are we going to Africa? (laughs) I would, I wish. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) No, no, no. So basically, um, what they do, they go on these adventures and it's an early version of what's now being called glamping. Glamping. Yeah. Glamour camping. Glamorous camping. Glamorous camping. To be exact. Mm-hmm. And so they bring their, in the movie, they bring their servant. They have servants and they have a cook that they bring along with them, along with the tent, along with all the furniture, mm-hmm. wine, glasses, everything. Imagine trucking, you know, into different parts of the um, African plains with all of that, you know, behind them. And then yeah. they set it all up and they have these romantic evenings out, you know, with the sunset. Um, so, yeah, it's this luxurious camping experience in nature. So you've got the best of both worlds. You've got creature comforts, but you've also got um, a little bit of uh, oh, yeah. the wild. Nature, the wild, right there. And the views, you know, mm-hmm. the vistas. If you set up your table with your wine glasses and so on uh, at the edge of a, 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 a plane yeah. or in the middle of a um, place where there's not much light pollution from yeah. uh, cities, we're used to not seeing any stars in Seoul. But if you get out into the middle of nowhere, there's a whole universe up there. m mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we're talking about. And, you know, for Koreans, um, I think many people think summer is a time for all this camping and glamping. And for me, I love to do that in the fall. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best. The fall, I mean, is just simply put the best season in Korea. Period. It ever. used to be a toss up between spring and, <laughs> and fall. But you know what? Global warming is pinching spring mm. more and more by the year. So it's really fall. Fall is amazing. Yeah, and I really want to hold on to it. And this is the season for me to be doing a lot of camping. Uh-huh. And uh, I actually did go glamping this past weekend to Kapyong. Kapyong. Mm-hmm. I'll be doing some glamping in a couple of weeks oh, in really? Kapyong. Yep. Not a pension, but a glamping. A pension. Well, it's not, I'm not going to camp. I'm not going to be in a tent. I will be in a pension. But, uh, the reason I'm going is for the Jadasam Music Festival, Mm -hmm. which is two full days or three full days 
of just kind of sitting outside uh, with a glass of wine and listening to wonderful music. Right. That's my form of glamping. All right. Well, there are the the whole thing is there. There's a spectrum. They call it glamping, but there's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And there's even something called luxurious glamping. So there are different kinds of glamping. Shishi glamping. Very, very. Double glamp. Yeah. And so um, for me, I, you know, I made a friend a while back. And so he is very well connected with the community of outdoor leisure um, activity companies in the Gangwon province and mm-hmm. Gyeonggi province, the area that I went to, Kapyong and Chuncheon area. And so uh, that's how I got to know this glamping site. And it wasn't the original one that we were going to go to. Uh, I think the original one that we were supposed to go to was supposed to be a little bit more shishi. Like refrigerators, air conditioning inside, TVs, all of that in a tent. Mm -hmm. But what I ended up doing was a little bit closer to camping. A little bit more rough. Rough A little bit rougher than, yeah, what I expected. But but it was still really nice. And we didn't have to pitch the tent. You know, there were beds or mattresses in there. Um, So there were a lot of comforts as well. I tend to think, you make a choice. Either camp or stay at a, 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 pension, a pension and whatnot. So you're not about this glamping? No, I mean... You, sh- you need to try If you got this. a vehicle, yeah, I guess you could upgrade the usual camping experience, but I don't know. It sort of uh, fudges it. But mm. um, so there's your glamping experience. Kapyong's mm-hmm. a, a great area anyway, as we mentioned. Oh, yeah. So is, uh, I mean, Koreans historically, uh, are they big campers for, for leisure? You know, I Absolutely. mean, as a hobby? Absolutely. Because it's inexpensive. It's a great way to get like a whole family out into nature. That's true. So if you do the rough and tough mm-hmm. uh, camping version, you can get out there and enjoy this beautiful time with not, without spending a lot of money. Yep. Whereas I think now we have this glamping option. And of course, with that comes more of a budget. You need more of a budget to do that. Yep. And so, you know, Korea, it's, it's really ideal for this glamping culture you know if you think about what we said about you know glamping or camping you need to be in nature um, you want to be with a lot of trees forest areas or you want to be by, by the ocean and korea's got all of that everywhere 70 percent of the country is covered with mountains mm-hmm. um, and you've got the ocean all around right so it's a lot of good conditions for uh, this kind of outdoor leisure activity sure uh, comes with rules, though, right? I mean, the usual forest fire stuff. And- yeah, um, it does, and I think there there are a set of etiquettes, camping etiquette. But but honestly, I feel like a lot of it is just common sense. When yeah. I went through some of the lists, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> this mm-hmm. is just common etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I went out to Kapyong, um, and you know, it's what Kapyong and Chuncheon. They're they're actually in different provinces, even though they're only thirty minutes apart. So Kapyong is in Gyeonggi province, and then Chuncheon is in uh, Gangwon province, mm-hmm. but um, they're about an hour and a half drive from Seoul, and I think that's the merit of a lot of glamping and camping sites being over there, because mm. it's so easy for people from Seoul to get out there. Very easy. Makes sense. And um, if you don't want to drive or if you don't have a car, you can even take um, an ITX from Yongsan or Cheongnyangni. Mm-hmm. So it's an ITX train and uh, it takes you straight into either Kapyong or Chuncheon stations. And I've from there that. you can yeah, you can make your way. Yep. Like you said to Chanasam, right? Sure. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And that's only about an hour-ish kind of train ride. Easily accessible areas. Of course, everything in Korea is pretty easily accessible. Nothing is really more than three or four hours apart at the end of the day. So it's easy to make a snap casual decision to go glamping or camping. 
Yeah. And the idea with glamping is that you can show up with not a whole lot of things Mm -hmm. and just take care of everything there on the site. Infrastructure is waiting for you. Mm. Okay. So glamping, uh, where should we go with this? Should we um, define uh, what you need to go glamp or um, where do we go next? Well, so uh, as I mentioned, um, glamping, well, glamping is something, it's basically evolved or evolution of camping, right? It's Hmm. just a luxurious form or way of camping. And um, it's kind of uh, been... Trending for the last maybe five years or so, I would say. It's got a whiff of a sort of a bygone imperial era in a way, Absolutely. doesn't it? Because, you know, I mean, in, you mentioned out of Africa. Exactly. Right? You, <laughs> to make those wonderful experiences, you've got uh, lots and lots of what you, Sherpas or helpers <laughs> servants or servants. <laughs> that's coolies, right. Carting um, everything behind you. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so you're doing the glamping and they're doing the heaving. That's right. Um, so in the, in the modern era... I guess that, like you said, all, everything's prepositioned. Not mm-hmm. much has to be heaved Loked. in a cart behind you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, these days we have cars, right? Yeah. And so uh, this, this, you know, glamping, like I mentioned in Korea, at least, has been trending for the last like what five years? Not not super long, but um, uh, camping, on the other hand, has been around a lot longer than that. It's got a history. So um, if you look at you know Korea, post Korean War, mm-hmm. um, something called Korean, and that's spelled with a C at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Korean Alpine Club. It's the Hanguk Sanakwe, a group of, I guess, mountaineers. Mm-hmm. That was formed or established in 1945. And um, the concept of outdoor leisure culture that was introduced with activities like hiking and camping since then. And so through the 60s, even after the war, and um, even in 70s and 80s, um, Camping was really popular. It was a family activity. People did that. But um, there were increasing numbers of people enjoying the activity. And then what happens is, you know, there there were issues with trash management and even water sources becoming polluted. So if you imagine Korea in the 70s and 80s, okay, imagine a lot of development going on and it was after the war. And um, I think there there were not that many, um, there wasn't a mindset or awareness of environmental concerns. Yeah, not a holistic. That was not their concern back then, right? Nobody's caring about that and no proper education about proper camping etiquette if you go out there into the mountains into the forest Mm -hmm. and there's no um nobody restricting what you do yeah no you know the the mentality of leave no trace right right you know go and there should be no almost no sign that you were there none of your cans and bottles and all that and i don't think that existed back then so you know think about like just even recently in korea you know it was hard to even find the trash can on the streets yeah so imagine on the mountains you go out there you're cooking you're sleeping overnight what are you going to do with all that trash and if Mm -hmm. there's no law they're going to just chuck it wherever they want Mm -hmm. and so that was an issue and so because of that in 1991 the government actually introduced regulation banning all outdoor cooking or sleeping activities. Hmm. So basically, no camping. You gotta, I mean, it's a fine line. You don't want to cause uh, fires and you don't want to create uh, dangers and problems. But in certain camping circumstances, you gotta cook a little bit. You gotta barbecue of something, course. light a fire. But you know, it was like a very, kind of like a over, um, 
what, overreaction by mm-hmm. the government, taking mm-hmm. that kind of step. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I don't think it lasted forever, right, obviously. But um, because of that uh, camping activity, um, that kind of um, boom in the business kind of went down for a while. But then in the 90s and 2000, um, what happened was there was a business, uh, there was a boom in the business of building condos and hotels sure. and pensions. Mm. Those things were coming up. And so those then, little teeny, you know what Korea does well are those yeah. little teeny weeny sort of Mean alpine box? lodge. Ah. You know, like they're freestanding yeah. places. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, uh, I stayed in one once and it's absolutely adorable. You know, like it's like two stories, mm. just a little loft up top, mm-hmm. uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Right. That is a fun way to camp. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I guess you, I, we're, we're not even camping at that yeah, point. Yeah, you're not camping. We're in four walls. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're starting to see my camping tolerance. Here, I know, I'm I guess. starting to see this, but. Um, you might change your mind. But anyways, um, yeah, because of, you know, the, the building of the condos and hotels and pensions and all these um, uh, other forms of staying, accommodations, there was a slump in the camping industry. And uh, and then there was a rise uh, in what's called auto camping. Auto, <laughs> I guess that's camping out of the back of your car? <laughs> kind of. It's auto camping or caravanning. Okay. Uh, where you drive, but, but actually it also means, uh, when you look at what it means now, it just means you drive out to a camping site with your car. You haul all your gear and then you park it right next to your tent. They Fine. give you a spot and yeah. then you pitch your tent so that you have the car right next to you. And they're kind of calling that auto camping, auto camping. That's a little bit like what they do at uh, Jarasam. There's a whole, and at the, there the is Seoul a Jazz Festival there. too, right. I think. Mm-hmm. Jarasam mainly. There's, uh, you know, you park. And you just pitch your tent right there, and yep. that's your lodging. You exactly. Know? And you have to reserve that well in advance. Mm-hmm. And that's still a really affordable way to do it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then with the introduction of uh, there was an introduction of the five day work week back in two thousand four. Yeah, that would make a huge difference, wouldn't it? That creates the, the windows of time, the leisure. Yeah, the time to look for these. Uh, Activities. So then camping became an outdoor activity that families would do together, right? Mm-hmm. To get away from the, the city and the hustle and the bustle. And then they can get away and escape and go into nature. And so the rise of camping culture kind of, it just kind of built it's up again. It's a very cool middle class thing to do. When I was a kid, a young boy, uh, camping was, it seems, so much bigger. Mm. Everybody was, you know, camping and talking about camping and stuff. And I guess as people get more distracted and richer and frankly, more homebound with their entertainment mm-hmm. systems and their screens. Yeah. You know, that's that's sort of what people um, have as a vacation is screen time, you know? Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, like there were so many Tongue uh, or uh, interest groups, mm-hmm. um, clubs. clubs, exactly, yeah. that were forming around people who were interested in camping. And then they would go and search and discover these places and go camping together. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, camping is ideal for backpackers. Yep. Ideal for backpackers. And even solo camping became something of a trend more recently. If I... Mm, I would totally do it. Well, <laughs> I mean, I suppose I have to just get out and do it. But mm. um, I've never been much of a camper. I don't have a whole lot of experience in it. But uh, one thing that would be really fun to do is to sort of uh, hike the southern portion of the Korean peninsula. Mm-hmm. With all the stuff on your back, like a turtle, right, and uh, just camp when you need to uh, at various, you know, sort of stops along yeah. the way. I imagine, you know, from Seoul down basically. to, you know, uh, Puhang or, or Pusan, that's probably what a couple of weeks you could do, right, 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 just by foot. And I think it would be a fantastic uh, journey. Absolutely, mm. you should Fall. shoot for that. This is the time to do it. Yeah, it would Fall. be really nice before it gets too cold. Yeah. 
And it's nice, you know, when, when it's like a little bit chilly in the morning or in the evenings, and then you, you have a fire, so you get toasty. <laughs> That's the whole joy of, you know, being outdoors and, and being close to nature is that you feel very closely the changes mm. in temperature. The sun gets a little higher, and you can feel immediately the effect. And you, you kind of appreciate the warmth more than if you're in a climate-controlled, you know, whatever, hotel. Right. So uh, would you say you lean Jennifer, more towards glamping or camping, personally? So I've never been a huge camper. I have done it. Um, In Korea, I would say I've only done it maybe twice in the past, like, what, 10 years or Mm. or so. One was glamping experience just this this weekend. Mm. And then, uh, and I wouldn't say that's like a super luxurious, I mean, it's comfortable enough. And then um, the other experience was total opposite. Like I went off to an uninhabited island, backpack, um, tent, yep, a little it. bit of food, minimalist, uh, a very tiny little grill. Uh, we yeah figured out how to make a fire, a lot of fanning, mm-hmm. a lot of smoke, but we did managed to do it we grilled our own little little bit of meat and um we slept right on the beach that sounds awesome yeah so that was actually a, a complete opposite experience and i'll never forget it i was yeah jennifer just to switch gears for a second i, I should mention uh, seconds ago uh news networks are carrying the live images but president moon's plane touched down on the runway mm. in Pyongyang, and now we're watching it uh, just sort of taxi along. This is a huge day in inter-Korean news. President Moon's first visit to Pyongyang, and I'll just remind listeners that we're going to update them throughout the day, particularly 10 minutes from now, which is when uh, President Moon roughly is expected to emerge from the plane and be greeted by this big delegation uh, at the Pyongyang airport. But his plane's on the ground, so things are getting started up there. Forgive me for interrupting Mm. you. I just wanted to bring people up to date on that, that the wheels are down and Mm -hmm. President Moon is in Pyongyang. So needless to say, we've talked about uh, island hopping before, and uh, I would think camping and sort of carrying your life on your back like a turtle would be a fantastic way to island hop hundreds of islands in Korea. Not hundreds, thousands. Thousands of islands. Thousands of actual islands where you can go, right? Yeah. uh, yeah. So actually, um, I think I I looked at numbers from 2016-ish, and it was something like 3,600, over 3,600 islands, period. Mm. Um, And then out of that, I think something like, I read somewhere that it's about 2,900 or so are uninhabited. So can, and, and, and by that, does can you go there? The thing is, the the island that I went to, mm. it's by definition yes, it, it's uninhabited. Um, no one's actually there. It's not like there's houses there and there are people living there. There is um, an owner. It's a mm. private island, and I, I the rumor is I think it was a woman who bought the island, but she's got a manager, this lady, this imo, imonim. And so uh, she manages the island and the guests who want to come and stay. Mm-hmm. And so the only way you can go to that island is to work through her. And then, so basically it's an island off. <laughs> no, so The island boss, as it were. It, seriously, yeah. yeah. And uh, she was so nice. And yeah, basically you have to arrange it through her. So I don't know how it would work with the really uninhabited islands right. where there's nobody there and you don't know who the owner is. It I don't know if it's a government me. thing. I think you could 
You probably if you were could. discreet, yeah, <laughs> I probably, think you could kind of kayak out there. Kayak, or you could get a, a, a boat. A fishing you know, boat, yeah, which is what boat. I had hey, to do. Drop me off and pick me up at, uh, you know, if the fisherman doesn't come back, you're... Screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you can, uh, yeah, you better get those swimming arms uh, ready. But yeah, um, yeah, that would be an adventure. You know, uh, the Korean peninsula is small enough that you could really, on foot... And uh, through little leaps and boat rides and uh, various means of transport, um, get around as a camper. You know, you don't need a lot of stuff. Right. So we're going all over the place. We talked about glamping. We talked about seriously camping out of a tiny little backpack. But, you know, the, the camping market, it grew from 20 billion won in 2008. This is in Korea. Mm-mm. To a 600 billion won market by 2015. Wow. It's huge. Yeah. And, you know, the, this is really crazy. Um, the sales of camping-related products, of course, then that means they've also skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at, um, we're comparing sales data from 2013, uh, the number of, uh, number, numbers for 2016 or 2017. In like just a few years, mm-hmm. tent purchases increased by 130%, mm. just a standard tent. And then there's what's called rooftop tents. I've never seen one, so I don't know what a rooftop tent is. A roof on a roof maybe, of a building? No, maybe it's talking about the kind of smaller tents that you pitch on a rooftop. Okay. Not maybe. like the full on, like you know, the, the the gear that you take out when huh. you're going camping. Maybe that's what that means. Rooftop um, tents. Rooftop yeah. tents. Sales of those tents rose six thousand three hundred fifty percent. I'm ah, seeing some pictures yeah, here. PD yeah. is calling up rooftop tent, rooftop tent. You actually put it on top of your car. You put it on your car. Oh, that's kind you of know, nice it's too. It kind of makes a little, uh, I guess, so you oh, can pull up the ladder and a little tree not have little critters <laughs> get in. That, that, that's helpful. Uh, we've got a little message coming in. PD, can you put that up? Um, a text coming in from 4704. The listener says, I like Tuk Tuk Do. I was just there. <gasps> for yeah, uh, that music festival that's right. and the beach during the summer. Also, bushcrafting is a thing. Learn to make a fire with just sticks. That's the real diametrical Rough opposite of glamping. That's, right. that's, you know, sort of survivalist um, training out there, making your own fires and whatnot. Got about 20 seconds left. Any final thoughts on glamping or camping? Um, just that there's, you know, a spectrum from uh, luxury to even more luxurious glamping, um, mm-hmm. like hotel conditions. Yes, a hotel in a way is seriously. Just a, that's what a it serious is. So form maybe <laughs> you might <laughs> try terrace. that luxurious glamping. <laughs> <The> great outdoors, <laughs> Jennifer. We're out of time. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you.